Hey, it's Zach Sang, and thank you so much for checking out our podcast. This is our interview, our hang, with Carly Rae Jepsen. We got to know a lot about her, how she works, where she's from, what she does, and how she became one of the greatest pop songwriters of our generation. Sister is amazing, and she really is a class act. You're going to learn a lot from our interview. Um, she goes into songwriting and her first song that she ever wrote and, you know, crazy songs that she's written for other artists. It's She's so fascinating. Seriously. You're going to love our conversation with Carly Rae Jepsen. Give a listen. Let me know what you think. Zach Sang in the Gang. Zach Sang in the Gang radio show. The Zach Sang in the Gang radio show. I'd be a great baby daddy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't think people understand this is a punishment. Great. Why would you not want to be a part of this? What? People in nice cars can't fart? What did I do? Vomit. Cool. I'm ready. Is that a morning Red Bull I see over there? Oh. Are you your Red Bull before 2 o'clock? Okay. <laughs> empty Red Bull cans from yesterday. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. They're, it's my nightly Red Bull ritual. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I, I I need them to get through things. I need it for uh, video shoots. I've watched a few of your interviews. By the way, Zach Sang and the Gang in the studio right now, Carly Rae Jepsen. You do have your own caffeine ritual when it comes to life, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's generally drink as much coffee as you can possibly consume. <laughs> like how many cups are you consuming on an average day? Like what are we talking here? I don't know. It's impressive. I'm going to look over to my team. Like, how many would you say? Three out of four? Wow. Is that too much? No, that, no. I'm, that's fine. That's fine. What? I have a friend who every time we go out to eat, she'll order a coffee with four espresso shots. Just for one coffee. Oh, your friend needs help. She that, needs help. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's intervention. But time. that's fine. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I, I, you guys, you make me feel so good about myself. Yeah. You, you, thank you. That's what we're here to do, man. Oh, Carly okay. Ray Jepsen in the studio right now. Very excited to have you here. You have so much going on. New album, Emotion. You can just say it emotion. Emotion. Yeah. I, I spelled it phonetically, but I find a lot of people are being like, so your new album, Emotion. Like, no, not really, but okay. Yeah. I thought it sounded like more fancier, you know what I mean? Like I, deeper it, and it, more raw. It's more memorable, that's mm. for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. August 21st, it comes out. Yes. I'm so happy to have you here because you've had such an incredible life, an incredible journey, and you have so much going on right now. It's like, this is a crazy moment right now, isn't it? Have you read these reviews on Emotion? I mean, they're calling it the pop album of the year. Uh, It's pretty wild, yeah. I, I don't know what to say, but yeah, to answer you, I, I feel like I am uh, living a pretty crazy life, and it hasn't uh, slowed down much for us. It's It's been pretty insane. <laughs> now, do you travel with your crew consistently? Are these your people that you, you go with everywhere? These are my people. Well, yeah, the, the two girls are. Um, we have a crew of about, I mean, all together, 12, 12 people that you, are traveling. So you're, wherever you go... It's not my entourage. So okay, let me okay, make okay. that clear right okay. now. <laughs> it's my band <laughs> and uh, and the crew and um, you know hair and makeup and okay yeah a bodyguard on occasion. Not, well, wow. not that I really ever need it to be honest. It's just friendly people. <laughs> he, he like wards off friendly people while I shop. That's his job basically. <laughs> I mean that. The fact that you get to have to go to a store with a bodyguard or with a posse, hair and makeup, that's awesome. Was that a dream back in Canada when you were growing up and, you know, doing your thing and just dreaming of music? Did you dream of having a posse? That was the whole reason I got into pop music. I was like, all I really want is a crew of people to follow me around everywhere. That's the only reason. It's like like paid for friends. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) That's the only reason I'm in radio, dude. My name is Zach Sag of the Gang. I can't get any more desperate and thirsty. No, no. I... Actually, didn't even really think that went along with it. But yeah. luckily, they, they are my friends. And, uh, and yeah, we kind of love each other. It's a, it's a good crew of travelers. So you're in Canada. Uh, that, no, not anymore. But no, but I, that's where the story begins. This is the begins. United States. That's this is right the United here. States. But the story begins in Canada. Yeah. 
And when in your life did you realize that music was it? Because you've had, it's crazy so far. Um, I was seven years old and I played at a local, I sang at a local uh, a talent show in Mission BC. Wow, we're going back. <laughs> I was, I remember the moment. And my father was, they'd heard me singing around the house for a while. And he's like, Car, do you, want, do you want to go on stage and do this in front of people? And I was like, yes, I know what song I want to, I want to sing. I want to sing Eternal Flame by the Bangles. Ugh. And well, um, he came up and accompanied me and I won the talent contest, <laughs> which was just like, when you're seven years old and they give you four hundred dollars, it's like that's that's, that's crazy money. A bajillion. <laughs> I bought a Barbie mansion. <laughs> I was rolling in it. I was so happy. But it was more just actually feeling the most on home that I'd ever felt anywhere being on stage. And um, later on in life, when I think I was seventeen, eighteen, I started writing songs. Yeah. And that that topped it for me. That was even better than performing or singing. Really? It was just like, oh, you can. You can put like your feelings to music. This is the most <laughs> gratifying feeling in the world. Yeah. Do you remember the first song you've ever written? It was a protest song. <laughs> <laughs> Protesting what? Okay, okay. Forgive me. My mother's a bit of a hippie, and so am I in nature. And um, uh, it was a song about uh, stopping them from cutting down the big trees. I was nine years old. D- hey, That's beautiful. That, I, I, it was called "They're Cutting Down the Big Trees." <laughs> <laughs> An artist from day one. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And then I think the second one that I dug into was actually, it was a letter I'd written to a boy that I had a crush on in high school. And um, the weird thing was, is every time I read the letter, it had a melody to me. Like, it had a cadence, and I, I, I couldn't read it back. I hadn't given it to him. I just read it so many times that it, I started kind of singing it. And then I, I picked up my dad's guitar and found the chords. I didn't know the names of chords yet. So when I was showing it to him, I was like, can you play this for me? So the next no- note is you're going to go to W on the fourth case. Because it looked like a W to me. He's like, Carly, that's that's a D. <laughs> and so I started from him learning just like the bare bone, like Elvis Presley type chords. And that helped me write, you know, every pop song that you need. It's just kind of all in, all in those six chords. And I mean, that moment is not normal. You know what I mean? That moment where you're reading a letter and then you, you're reading it over and over again, you realize that it can make a song and then you apply you bring a guitar into the mix that doesn't happen to to everyone you know is it that moment that you realize that there's there's something special about you oh uh i I don't know i I don't know if i was like there's something special about me do you go to your dad do you go to your mom like that's a talent that's like a gift i i do remember feeling um and i think i always have the the most confident and excited about uh, who i am when i'm writing and i think it's because i do feel like it's something that I don't remember deciding I'd like to write a song. It kind of felt like it happened to me, yeah. and I, I couldn't, I couldn't not do it. I was doing it, and like I was doing it everywhere, guys. So <laughs> if you just tuned in right now, I sound really dirty. No, um, I was just, I was just writing a lot um, by by mistake, almost like I would be in a conversation with a girlfriend, or and she'd sort of say something, and I would kind of hit by the way the words sounded together and then I totally tune out and be that rude friend that's just like scribbling down that song title for later. She's like, oh, you're doing it again. You're just checking out on me. And, uh, yeah. What is your process like now when you get down and you sit down and you write a song? Like, wh- what is it? Like, is it stuff that you're gathering from everyday life and then eventually you write it down and you sit down and you, you put pen to paper officially? Or how do you, how do you work? I mean, it's been a different and kind of evolving thing as I've, as I've gone along. I mean, moving to LA opened my my mind completely to different ways of writing it had always yeah. sort of been like here's a feeling i have <laughs> and then i moved to la and you kind of get in these rooms with different people and you you learn to kind of challenge that initial spark and yeah. really kind of shave it you learn the rules of of what a pop song could be or mm-hmm. should be and then you learn to break those rules later yeah. on and i think for me when i'm on the road 
it does kind of go back to that initial spark, though, of like my teenage years of writing where I'm with uh, Tavish Co, my guitarist, and something will happen that I get sparked or inspired by. And I'll be like, hey, later tonight after press and stuff, let's get a bottle of wine and go to the hotel and like jam out a song. And um, and then later on, we'll go back to that when it's studio time and show it to other people and, and start to challenge it and try and make it stronger. Very cool. So it will start between the two of you on tour and then you'll take it to the studio. And yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of the times. Other times, you kind of show up fresh and you kind of meet new artists. Yeah, and it's just like let's let's just jam for a little while and see what happens. And um, I kind of collect ideas as I go. Even though I've turned it into motion, I'm still writing for what probably is no reason, but just because I again, I, it's something that I just do. And so when the next album comes along, I'll have kind of a cookie jar of things to to go back on yeah. and see what still feels good. You know, you worked with so many people. Yes, collaborated with a ton. I mean, some huge names. Everyone from Toby to Max Martin, I mean, Matthew Coma. What is it like collaborating with people? I mean, when you go into the studio with them, do you come in with ideas? They're coming in with stuff. How is that process? Again, it's different every time. Um, I I felt like I learned a lot by going to Sweden, actually, to work with yeah. some of those writers because um, their way of going at writing, it was fresh in the studio, sort of. They'd have a, actually, they had a couple tracks that they were showing me, and then we're going to kind of do the, the top lines together. Um, Run Away With Me was just exactly that. I fell in love with the sax, and they showed me a whole range of songs, and I stopped them as soon as I heard that. I'm like, we haven't even written it, but that's how I want to open the album with that. Wow. With that, like, Celtic saxophone thing <laughs> that's happening. Let's start there. And then, um, and then, yeah, it's sort of like I bring in ideas that I've, like I said, been collecting and yeah. everyone kind of is the same way. Um, what I really love about them is they don't look at just writing lyrics and melodies at the same time. They really think you can, should kind of get the melody solid and tight and ready. And if you feel something from that and then you put lyrics to it at the end, it's just like a cherry on top of a good song. You already feel something and it's like a story is being added to it. And I thought that was a really great lesson for me. I've incorporated that in that kind of my writing here yeah. alone in LA ever since. I can only imagine th- everything you've gathered from working with people like that. I mean, seriously, like, do you look back to, because in Canada you did, you did Canadian Idol. Yeah. You did a few tours. Mariana's Trench, love them, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Yeah, they're awesome. Like, love them. Really? I, I used to play them on the radio all the time okay. a few years back, like, Obsess. They, they are the ones that introduced me to the touring lifestyle, and it was the best coaches and teachers. Um, they of, know of how to do it right. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it, some of the most crazy nights of my life. <laughs> actually, <laughs> well, the thing is, is I was the only girl on like an all. It was a three band tour, and it was all guys, and it was me. And oh, so I, the only way to like the only way to get in there with that is you kind of just have to become one of the guys. Of so your raunchier side comes out and I think a lot of my bad jokes and, and, and dirty humor <laughs> came from, I, well, and they also had, this, I don't know if I should say this on yep. but they also had a, um, this hobby of, of just, we're in Canada in the dead of winter, so it's like, what are you going to do when they would just go to like strip clubs like all the time? And, <laughs> and, and, and of course, I have like FOMO in a big way where I, I, the fear of missing out, so I was like, well, I'm, I'm coming. So I would start to, I've I've seen so many strip clubs in Canada. I can tell you <laughs> which hilarious. ones to go to, which ones t- that aren't really worth seeing. Um, and, and it's fascinating to me. I like they're them. They're really good strippers, and then they're really bad ones. It's Wait, an art form. They're they entrancing. Dude, 
A good, a great stripper can keep your attention and take your singles. I went to a strip club for the first time this year, and I was like, "This is so cool." (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that we're in LA right now. My mother can't hear me. Yeah, no, no. I once saw, and this is the kicker. Yeah, and probably depressing that I'm saying this on air, but I once saw a pregnant stripper. Oh, really? And I think she was brilliant because I gave her every penny that I had. (laughs) (laughs) I gave her all. Like I was like, guys, give it up for this chick. I don't know if that's Tommy's real or not, but this is smart. Sorry. (laughs) You're doing it for college at this point, you know what I mean? (laughs) Gotta give back, you know? Her and the baby. (laughs) Okay. You're touring with Mariana's Trench. You've you had a few singles over in Canada. You were doing well. You know what I mean? You were living a solid musician's lifestyle. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Call Me Maybe comes out, changes in my mind pop music. And it obviously changes your life. Right? Definitely changes my life, yeah. For ever. In, <laughs> like, you find out that this song goes number one for the first time. Like, do you remember where you were? I, I, I don't remember when I wa- where I was when I found out that it went number one. I think there were so many crazy, incredible things leading up to that. It's kind of a blur of two or three or four months of my yeah. life where I just sort of was like, I'm going to wake up eventually. Someone's going to like knock <laughs> me and be like, you had a really crazy, long, passed out coma. And I don't know <laughs> what went on. But no, it was... Uh, it was. I mean, I mean, I remember coming maybe being top eleven on Canadian iTunes, yeah. um, and not having broke out anywhere. This was before Justin Bieber tweeted about it, and I just was like, guys, we should throw a party. Like this is, <laughs> this is a pretty like you know, let, let's celebrate. Um, and then lo and behold, things just took off in a, a level that I couldn't have even imagined, and I still am pinching myself. So you go from doing your thing in Canada to being essentially a pop superstar phenom. I mean, crazy. The money, the lifestyle, everything changes. Like, just like when you won $400 in that singing competition, you brought a Barbie's dream Barbie house. mansion. This might have been a check for $400,000. <laughs> what gets purchased? How does your life change? Um, I did one very... Uh, you have to reward yourself. One very ridiculous purchase. Yeah? Um, and it was... Um, it was actually during my time of Cinderella. Uh, well, actually, I've, I've done a few, few ridiculous, but, but that's the one that I feel kind of like it didn't make any sense. I actually felt so weird about it. Uh, 29 years old, and I called my dad to like justify, and he's like, "What are you? <laughs> Go for it! Like it's you know, it's like okay, I feel I've got my father's blessing on this. I I rented out a, 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 an apartment in Soho um, in the middle of summer, and it was it was like I was just I'm just one person, but. <laughs> I could have held like yoga classes in there. It was beautiful, <laughs> and I, I, and I was also um, really getting along with the crew from Cinderella. So I would throw these parties, and we all really liked jazz, and we'd have like an up, up awesome. bass and jazz, and people—they're all Broadway, so they can do any form of dance. So I've got like swing dancing happening in my living room. I don't know why, but it was just like my idea. That sounds of a amazing. Great time. Yeah. A gathering with Broadway people is the most incredible gathering I've ever been a part of any party. Anywhere like where you get like Broadway performers in a room, the energy is unreal. It, I can't even. I can't. It's really is something. Yeah. 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 It's everyone is fascinating in their own right. I find myself just kind of sitting back in the corner and watching and being like, this is so much better yes. than television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was a it was a really fun time. And I felt like, you know, New York in the summer, you gotta do that at one did, point if you can. <laughs> did you like Soho? 
I love Soho still. I think that um, there's such a, a great writing community here in yeah. LA that I really value being a part of. And if, if that wasn't here, I probably would still be kicking it um, in New York yeah. City. But I'm kind of drawn to the music here. And not that there isn't a, a nice sort of thing going on Different. in New York too, but it's a, yeah, there's a lot more friends that I've made here where I can cut those like yeah. last minute phone calls where like, Actually, they know my style. They'll send me a voice memo of a good melody. It'll be my day off, and I'm like, all right, I'm coming over. <laughs> it's, it's worth it. When was the last uh, time that happened? Uh, that last time it happened was for Let's Get Lost. Okay. Uh, it's a song that is, did make the album, and C.J. Barron and Ben Romans, who I wrote Emotion with along with Nate Campany. Love C.J., by the way. C.J. is amazing. Very talented. Know yeah. him all the way back from Push Play, just like Mariana's Trench. These guys have such so much character. Just like the Broadway peeps. I mean, yes. writers are quirkier in their own right. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Uh, Nate Campany shaved his beard in the middle of the writing of Emotion. <laughs> and just because he felt like it was such an epic, life-changing song for us. I, I get it. He came back in, and the worst part of it is none of us noticed. No! <laughs> We're all looking at him like, did you lose weight, buddy? Like, you're looking really good. And he's like, you guys. And, uh, you know, it's, and, and um, same for um, Ben Romans. His nickname is The Wizard for good reason. And um, anyways, these guys sent me a late-night vo- voice memo that I woke up to, and it was my one day off, and I had been writing for probably about three months straight every uh-huh. single day. And I was just like, I'm coming over. It's good. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. It was a, a song that I feel like has its place on the album. So, yeah. I heard you guys had like 250 options for songs for the album. Yeah, I think I lost my mind a little bit. I, and, and I mean that. I think with the pressure of a song like Call Me Maybe, there was sort of, there was one or two options for me. The the one that I didn't go to was that I kind of just like sit there and be paralyzed forever or I work my ass off. So that's kind of what I chose to do. I, I just tried everything. I showed up every day to sessions that the label booked. And when they didn't have sessions booked for me, I was booking my own. Awesome. And it felt like a way to kind of at least attack that energy. And yeah. slowly I was able to let go of it because I, I was liking what we were making even better. And um and that was, I don't know, it took a while, but I'm, I'm glad we did it. I think if I had released anything earlier, it wouldn't have been as, something I was as proud of as this. That, I, I think that takes, I, I, want, I want to say strength and courage to like push off that type of date because I know the pressure and I know everything that's going on prior to like label release. I know, every, like, that's, I mean, what was it that really made you make that decision? Like, was there anything that just was like, okay, let's push it. Let's give it another year. Let's give it another year and a half. What hit you? Like, why'd you realize it? Well, I felt like if I was sick of hearing myself on the radio, <laughs> that, <laughs> that maybe a, a little pregnant pause would be a, a good thing. And I also felt like I didn't really want to just continue making um, uh, Call Me Maybe 2.0. I was yeah. really excited about the idea of transitioning into some other kinds of pop music that I was really um, attracted to. I think seeing Cyndi Lauper in Tokyo and seeing some of these 80s artists really inspired me. I was like, okay, this is there's something to this era that yeah. I want to tap into in a bigger way. 
And then if I'm being really honest, I didn't get there right away. It took conversations with friends, with Tavish Co., with my parents, yeah. wine kind of rants to anyone who would listen about sort of mission statements of what I wanted. And there's a million different ways you can look at um, the success of a song of, you know, a song like Call Me Maybe. And I decided to look at it as an opportunity to uh, have an audience for the first time ever that was just yeah. not just exclusively in Canada to show some different colors and sides to what I want to do as an artist. And that's what you're doing here with emotion. And you, you, can I be honest with you? You really did it with, you know, with this kiss. You oh, know, seriously. Thank the, you. I, I, I was upset. The album was so great. You worked <laughs> with so many great people on it. And it really was such a great pop album. Thank you. But emotion and everything you've released so far, it's so different. It really holds its place. Super 80s. Yes, but it, <laughs> but, but it holds its place today. Do you know what I mean? As you listen to the radio today, and keep in mind, I, we play it for five hours a day. It holds its place because it's so unique and it's so different. Like, Run Away With Me, I mean, gorgeous. I oh, mean, so good. Like, we're obsessed. <laughs> yeah. We're obsessed with that song. I listened to it all day today. Really? Yeah, as the pregame. <laughs> <laughs> pregame that, interview. That, that's, that's what we do. We pregame and we take water shots. That's it's kind of creepy, guys. <laughs> I come in here, there's a lot of Red Bull. You can listen to my song on repeat. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It's just no, a typical Friday song. at Sorry. 1 o'clock. No, no, that means a lot to me. I mean, thank you. I, I, I don't know what to say other than that. Uh, it, it's uh, Yeah, I kind of hold myself away for a minute. <laughs> two, two and a half, three years um, working on this. So it does become a passion project. And at some point you do lose perspective of like, well, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. So it's, it's great to hear a nice thing. Thanks. I mean, when you read those reviews and you see everything and you know how much of yourself you put into it, because you put a lot of yourself into it. Yes. Now, when you're coming to the table with ideas, I mean, is there things that you know as a writer within you that are just off limits? Or are you the kind of person who is just no holds bar, let's throw it up to a wall and see what sticks in terms of your life experiences and what you want to use into a song? Oh, I have no rules. I, um, I'm laughing because I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, near the end of the album, you kind of you just have to try everything. That's at least my my theory on it. Is you just kind of gotta let yourself explore. Um, I, <laughs> how much am I allowed to say? You can this? say what do anything. So <laughs> I, I worked with this amazing artist, Bonnie McKee, who I worked on, on Kiss with. Bonnie's too. great too. She's fantastic. You work with some incredible people. And, I love them. And we got in the room, and we were just both in a really weird mood, and we wrote a song about about basically being alone and and. and <laughs> Keep going, please. <laughs> trying I to find a delicate way of saying this. Um, do it. <laughs> it rhymes with contemplation. Masturbation. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> On Dan's mind. I couldn't say it Always. myself. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a hard word. I mean, about five, five minutes into it, we were like, I'm like, you know this isn't making my album, right? Like, and, and we're like, well, whatever. Let's just go with it. And it was so fun to just kind of let yourself. I mean, I write for, for the joy of it. And yeah. you got to let yourself go everywhere. And we were kind of laughing a little bit later on because it, it got picked up, actually. There's a, a group in, 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 in China that wants to make it their next single. We're like, all right. I wonder if they know what it means. How's it going? <laughs> I can't tell you. Junior, Junior, it's not released yet. China, <laughs> huge on masturbation. I promised I would tell myself that I'd never tell anyone that I had been a part of writing that song. But yeah, no. I, so the, to answer your question, there are no limits to what I, okay. where I let myself go with writing. And then at the end of the day, you just you, you know the songs that are going to work for you. And uh, yeah. I, that one yeah, that one was not going to work for me. <laughs> so the songs that don't work for you, you you sell them to other artists? Um, yeah, well, that's a new concept for me. But my publisher, when I had, like, as you said, about 200 different songs, he's like, can I have the rest of them that you do? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I, there's a couple that I wanted to keep in my back 
pocket. There were so many, as you said, artists that I was lucky enough to work with. And if I had my way, I would have put out a, a 40 song album. But yeah. I think the label was like, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll put this one out first. And then later on, if you want to release something as a separate item. And I think because this was such an 80s album, I wanted it to be cohesive. But I think there are a couple songs that I got a little weirder on. <laughs> Not that one, but other ones that I, um, I would like to share eventually, too. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, is it weird for you to see another artist sing a song that you wrote or change up the lyrics on a song that you did? Um, no. I, I mean, there's uh, when I first moved to L.A., there was a couple songs that I even felt like were just a little too young for me that I'd written in my teenage years, and I was still feeling like I'd like to share them. And the first time I heard a girl sing the song, uh, Alice in Wonderland, Maddie, actually, from Scooter's label, and uh, uh, she, it was just it like kind of broke my heart in the best way. I was like, this is so fun. I could actually see really getting into that, especially later on in life where I yeah. could just hold up comfy at home, <laughs> write a song, set it up, be like, you go promo that thing. Have fun. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> I feel like that's like the, the, like the genuine, truly talented musicians, right? They're really genuine and really have it, know what they're doing. That's their version of retirement. I, I, I hope so. I mean, that would be the dream. I, um, uh, who knows? But, but, yeah. but it also keeps the industry going, and you're always consistently inspiring the next generation of talent, you know? Uh, it's. I, I also think it's just a way to get to try different types of music yeah. than you would normally do. I, I think eventually if I had time, it would be fun to get in the room with an artist and actually see what they were going for and, you know, try country. Try something on that you don't normally um, do for yourself. It's, it's a nice way to get out of uh, your comfort zone. Very cool. 2015. Mm-hmm. So almost coming to an end, which is weird to think. I mean, we're we're hitting what August. What happened to this year? It's crazy. It's I did none it, of my resolutions. <laughs> what were your resolutions? Uh, well, one of them was for one of my exes to like get seriously injured. But that, I don't think that's a resolution. You can't make resolutions for other people. I thought resolutions were wishes. That's called a death wish, dude. Like, I thought they were wishes. <laughs> that's, wow. that's called a Mine hit list. Mine didn't come true, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you so no, much. But this year really did go, it went fast. Yeah, it did. Like, weeks, I feel like LA too, it just, like, I feel like the days just roll into each other. It just kind of moves. I've lost, like, concept of time, really. It scares me a little bit. Well, I mean, before I had decided I was going to name this album Emotion, I had the running title of Eternal Summer because being in L.A., I felt like I had yes. lost track of what year it was, yes. how old I was, like <laughs> like what my name was. No, all these things yes. were just like blurring into these sunny day after day. Yes, and I, so true. And But I, I do think that, <laughs> yeah, I do think that growing up in Canada where you have those four seasons, it's yeah. a strange reality. I think that it goes faster. Would you ever want to go back to Canada and create, have Canada be your home base again? You know, I, I I wonder about that sometimes. I don't have an answer for you. I think it's still up in the air. Uh, Vancouver would be yeah. the spot for me if I did go back. I spent five years there, and I had a great time, and I have, like, a good network of friends and close-by family. Yes. So, the yeah. music scene is cool, too, up there. It is. It's a very quiet city. I yeah. didn't realize that until I visited other ones. I was like, whoa, this place is crazy. <laughs> I thought Vancouver was big, and in fact, it's quite a tame little one, isn't it? Oh, um, yeah. But, Compared to New York yeah. and L.A., I mean, yeah. Or Tokyo and things. You're <laughs> oh, like, my ah, God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but um, I think maybe later, later on in life, like, you know. Okay. When I'm a grandmama, I'll move back to Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything you miss about Canada Daily? My family, obviously, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I've got my parents actually in town with me right now. That's cool. Um, fun. Yeah, it is. They're staying for two weeks. <laughs> oh, not fun. Let's just have we a knowing stare <laughs> at one another. <laughs> two whole weeks. <laughs> two so two I, great, yes. awesome weeks. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. 
We're super jazzed. No, it's nice. I actually am, and my sister's coming too, I think, tomorrow. Um, my family is uh, doing a great job of, even though I'm on the road, they come to see me a lot because I can't go home as often as I'd like. So my brother is always really like cheeky about it. He'd be like, where are you? I'm like, Lithuania. He's like, cool. Where, where are you? I'm like, Barbados. Like, I miss you very much. <laughs> Maybe I should come see you. <laughs> That's oh funny. I see how this goes. Yeah. That's how do they take it all? Like, how have your parents reacted with everything? I mean, especially with Call Me Maybe now with a new album. I mean, it must be crazy for them. I, I think it is crazy for all of us. I think um, they're just happy for me because, yeah. it, I mean, it's if you saw the, the kind of even the background leading up to getting any success in Canada, it was a, a long sort of treacherous hike. Yeah. And uh, I think the, the low point was when I was busking for my hydro bill and my father's secretary walked by. I was like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> she gave me $20. Though, oh. so that was good. No, but I mean, they, I think they saw the struggle and the fight and uh, the fact that I, I, even when it wasn't working, I, I had no intention of giving up. I'll be like, well, this will still be a fun adventure to try forever. And uh, <laughs> so when it actually started to, to work in some miracle of a way, I think they, they were just really happy for me. Wow. I think that's such that's powerful to to say to yourself. This is going to be a fun adventure forever. I mean, yeah. that's a meaningful statement to say out loud or to see yourself. I mean, yeah. that means something. Well, my I come from a family of teachers. My parents and I also have step parents. So technically, four uh, parental figures since yeah. I can remember, and uh, they're all teachers. Wow. Oh, wow. Actually, that's not true. Two of them are principals. <laughs> so I grew up very much like, you're probably going to become a music teacher if you like yeah. music. And um, I remember going to, the, I got accepted into this uh, uh, music college that was uh, in Canada, kind of hard to get into. So they're like, well, go do that for a year, then you'll go become a music teacher. And I remember sitting them down and I had to kind of present it in a way that they would get. So I kind of made like a PowerPoint, a PowerPoint. presentation. <laughs> Of like happiness versus success versus life regrets versus like, what I should do with my time. And when I was finished, they're all like, just go for it. Like, <laughs> like whatever. Have fun. I'm now seeing yeah. you in like a power like pantsuit, yeah. like ready to present to them. Father, if you will look on chart number four. Yeah. <laughs> Turn to page six. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no. I, some, yeah, and, and uh, to their credit, they have been very supportive. I mean, uh, I I think that it's uh, it's been a interesting road for them because you want your kids to be secure, yeah. and it isn't the most like you're gonna for sure land on your feet kind of a route. But um, yeah, uh, I have to say thank you for them for that. Carly Rae Jepsen, emotion. It's out August twenty first. You are so talented. Oh, this album is insane. Thank you. The singles coming from it, <laughs> as you know. We uncomfortably listen to it often. Um, um, I'm not uncomfortable at all. <laughs> I feel great. There's a lot of love here. Great morning. <laughs> uh, the song Warm Blood, you just released that. It's phenomenal, by the way. But are you ever worried that uh, people won't listen to your new music because they just associate you with Call Me Maybe? Um, I feel like uh, the type of people who aren't open to listening to the next the, the next stuff, or the, I, you can't really control that. I think that you'll get a crowd that you get from the music that you make, and, and hopefully... Hopefully some people do. Did it ever cross your mind that you're releasing Warm Blood when Taylor Swift's Bad Blood is so popular that people might just say, why is she releasing a song with a similar name? Actually, it was funny because I remember when that came out, it was when I had a warm, I mean, you you, ha you write the song and then you wait for its yeah. release. And I saw her thing, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> she did it. I got this song on my back. But 
she put it out first. <laughs> but you, you can't change a title for that reason. And I think if you listen to the two tracks, they're completely different in nature. And I love her album, to be honest. I think it's cool that we're both dipping into 80s. And, yeah. yeah. But I think in, in different ways. So yeah, it's not a competitive thing. It's just a supportive, cool, look what you're doing. Yeah, no. I think, well, I think the the new music kind of sounds like Robin or Heim. Like that whole, it's kind of moving away from the huge pop and kind of, you know, like the more alternative pop. Is that what you're going for? I, I did want to make a pop album, but just a pop album that felt like mine. And I think in hindsight, looking back at how to define what that was, uh, it, it probably is a bit left of center pop. Yeah. I love it. I think it just sounds so good. No, Thank you. It's great. Who else are you listening to? Are you listening to other pop artists who are on the radio right now? I'm obsessed, obsessed with this girl Ooh. who's, uh, she's killing it in France and I want her to transition. I actually tried to sign her to Scooter's label and then felt, found out like an idiot that she had just been signed the week before. But <laughs> no. I felt quite happy that I to, who, like, to whose label? Um, uh, to Schoolboy Records. But oh, she's so already, she did get no, signed there. Okay, no, cool. she got signed somewhere else. I, uh, I don't remember the name of it. But Christine and the Queens, uh, incredible. There's a song called Tilted okay. that I listened to an annoying amount where these girls are like, not again. Please not again. I want to listen it's so, to it. so good. Um, yeah, I think she's fantastic. Uh, who else do I love? Um, uh, there's um, a, an artist that I discovered that isn't pop when I was in Japan called Rai, I believe. Rai. Rai. I've never heard of him. He that. sounds like Chardet. Cool. Yeah, he's got a song called Open that's really great too. Overseas pop artists, so different. Then I don't want to say they're different than like the pop music that's created here in the United States, but they approach it differently. Like I get what you're saying. Like, like I was listening to Years and Years. They oh, have the so song good. King. I'm Unbelievable. Obsessed. Yeah. And the guys are so charming. When you meet them, you just instantly like them and he can dance too. Yeah. I find myself at his show and I don't dance. It's a bad <laughs> it's a bad move when I do, but I can't help it. Like I just <laughs> I feel, feel like I can when I'm listening to him. Yeah, yeah. Now are you studying when you're listening to their music? Are you taking mental notes? Like how do you listen? I, I'm happy and knocking on wood to say that I don't overanalyze a song when I'm listening really? to it. No, um, if someone's asking me to, then I think I switch into like that yeah. brain head. But I can just kind of enjoy it. Um, uh, uh, that being said, I think everyone can feel when like, oh, first listen, that song is quality and, and those melodies are so tight and everything feels yeah. like right right away where I don't even need a second listen to give a review on it. And there's like a couple songs that take a, a few listens before you get what it's about. Yeah. Uh, years and years I would say that they it's like a slam dunk for you listen. know you don't you don't need to go back and, and, and get used to it for it to be good. Yeah. You know? Same thing was run away with me, my friend. Oh. Felt that yesterday. <laughs> I've listened to you a few more times since. But yeah. <laughs> so no, but I, good. Thank <laughs> <laughs> right. you. Emotion. Yeah. August 21st, Carly Rae Jepsen. An honor having you here. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Guys. Yeah. Thanks for hanging with us. Can I have a Red Bull for the road? Yeah. Okay, good. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cool. Zach Sang and the gang. Thank you so much for listening to our interview with Carly Rae Jepsen. She was amazing, right? Sister's incredible. Such a talent, and I love her. You know what? You got to check us out on Twitter and Instagram, ZSATG, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Zach Sang and the Gang. If you like this interview, go there, ZSATG on Twitter and Insta, or facebook.com slash Zach Sang and the Gang to check out more of our interviews. Oh, and they'll also be posted right here on our podcast. Peace and love, friends. Thanks for hanging.